This is also a, a, a um, breach reporting related question, and it has to do with ransomware. And we're seeing a lot of ransomware attacks these days. In fact, when we visit customer sites and analyze their systems, we sometimes see these attacks happening in real time. Since a ransomware attack encrypts the file data, but most of the times doesn't actually take the data or the personal data, would that breach have to be reported or, or not? This is a really interesting question. Right. I think the uh, by-the-book answer is technically, if a ransomware attack doesn't lead to the accidental or unlawful destruction, loss right. or alteration or unauthorized disclosure of or access to the personal data, it doesn't actually fall into the GDPR's definition of personal data breach. Right. right. So if a company is subject to an attack, prevents it from accessing its data, but the intruder cannot itself access, change, or destroy the data, you could argue it's not a personal data breach, therefore not reportable. But it sure feels like one, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, it does. I suspect we're going to find. <laughs> yeah, I suspect we're going to find that the new European Data Protection Board will issue guidance that somehow brings ransomware attacks into the fold of what's reportable. Don't know that for sure, but it's, it seems likely to me that they'll find a way to do that. Now, there are two important caveats. Uh, even though technically a ransomware attack may not be reportable, companies should remember that a ransomware attack could cause them to be in breach of other requirements of the GDPR, like the obligation to ensure data integrity and accessibility of the data, right? Because sort of by definition, you know, the ransomware attack has made the data non-accessible and has totally um, corrupted its integrity, right? So there could be liability there under the GDPR. And also, who, the company that's suffering the ransomware attack should consider whether they're subject to the new Network and Information Security Directive, which is going to be implemented by national laws um, by May 9th of 2018. Uh -huh. So again, this May 2018 being a real critical time period. Um, that directive requires service providers to notify the relevant authority when there's been a breach that has a substantial impact on the services, even if there was no GDPR personal data breach. Uh -huh. And the, the Network and Information Security Directive applies to a wide range of companies, um, including those that provide, quote-unquote, essential services, so the, sort of the fundamentals that drive the modern economy, energy, transportation, financial services. But also it provides – it applies to digital service providers, and that would include cloud um, computing service providers. So, uh, you know, there could be quite a few companies that are being held up uh, by ransomware attacks who are in the, the cloud space. And they'll need to think about their obligations to report, even if there's maybe not a GDPR reporting requirement. Right. Interesting. Uh, okay. As a security company, we've been preaching privacy by design principles, data minimization, and retention limits. And in the GDPR, it's, it's actually now part of the law. The GDPR is not very specific about what has to be done to, to meet these privacy by design ideas. So do you have an idea what the regulators might say about PBD as they issue more detailed guidelines? Uh, they'll probably tell us more about the process but not give us a lot of insight as to specific requirements. And that's partly because the GDPR itself 
is very much a show-your-work regulation. Uh-huh. Uh, you, you, you might remember uh, back on old, old math tests, right, when you were told, look, you might not get the right answer, but show all of your work <laughs> in that calculus problem, and you might get some partial credit. And it's a little bit like that. You, it's, the GDPR is a lot about process. So the push for privacy by design is not to say that there are specific requirements other than paying attention to whatever the state of art of the art is at the time. So really looking at the available privacy solutions at the time and thinking about what you can do. But a lot of it is about just making sure you've got internal processes for analyzing privacy risks and thinking about privacy solutions. And for that reason, I think we're just going to get guidance that stresses that, develops that idea. But um, any guidance that told people specifically what security technologies they needed to apply would probably be good for, you know, what, 12 or 18 months, and then something new would come along. Where we might see some help is eventually there, there, you know, in terms of ISO standards, maybe there'll be an opportunity in the future uh, for something that comes along that's an international standard that talks about the process that companies go through to design privacy into services and devices, et cetera. And maybe then we'll have a little more certainty uh, about it. But for now, and I think for the foreseeable future, it's going to be about um, showing your work, making sure you've engaged and that you've documented your engagement so that if something does go wrong, at least you can show what you did. Right. That's very interesting and a good thing to know. One last question. We've been following some of the security problems related to Internet of Things devices, which are sort of gadgets on the consumer market that can include Internet-connected coffee pods, cameras, children toys. We've learned from talking to testing experts that vendors are not really interested in PBD. It's shipped first, maybe fix security bugs later. Any thoughts on how the GDPR will affect IoT vendors? Uh, It will definitely have an impact. The definition of personal data under the GDPR is very, very broad. So effectively, anything that I am saying that a device picks up is my personal data, as well as data kind of about me, right? So if you think about, um, you know, a, a device that knows my shopping habits that I can speak to and I can order things, everything that the device hears is effectively my personal data under the European rules, okay? And... Internet of Things vendors do seem to be lagging behind in privacy by design. I suspect we're going to see investigations and fines in this area early on when the GDPR starts being enforced in May 2018 because the stories about the security risks of, say, children's toys have really caught the attention of the media and the public, and the regulators won't be far behind. And now we have fines for breaches that range from 2 to 4% of a group's global turnover. So it's... Um, it's an area that is ripe for enforcement activity, and it, I think it may be a surprise to quite a few um, companies in this space. It's also really important to go back to this important theme that there are other regulations besides the GDPR itself to keep track of in Europe. The new e-privacy regulation contains some provisions targeted at the Internet of Things, such as the requirement to get consent for cons- from consumers for machine-to-machine transfers of communications data which is going to be very cumbersome. The regulation says you have to do it. It doesn't really say how you're going to get consent, meaningful consent, it's a very high standard in Europe, to these transfers when there's no real 
intelligent interface between the device and the person, the consumer who's using it. Because, you know, there are some things that have, like maybe a kind of a web dashboard, there's some kind of app that you use and you communicate with your device, you can have privacy settings. There's other stuff that's much more behind the scenes with Internet of Things, where the user is not having a high level of engagement. So maybe a smart refrigerator that's relaying information about energy consumption to, you know, the, the grid, something like that. Even there, you know, there are going to be, there's potentially information where the user is going to have to give consent to the transfer. And it's hard to, you know, kind of imagine exactly what that interface is going to look like. I'll mention one thing about the e-privacy regulation. It's in draft form. It could change, and that's important to know. It's not likely to change all that much, and it's on a fast-track timeline because the commission would like to have it in place and ready to go. May 2018, the same time as the GDPR. Right. Okay. Sue Foster, I'd like to thank you again for your time. You're very welcome. Thank you very much for inviting me to join you today. 